Truth Espresso, episode 200. Yeah, I'm definitely not your wife. Brief, you're asking a pastor, and you're asking a pastor to be brief. I'm not saying you have to listen to go to heaven, but I mean, just why take the chance? I think Truth Presso listeners listen to you and go, if he could do it, I could do it. He just looks at me and goes, you're someone famous. And I'm like, no, no, wrong. Hello, this is Daniel Minnick, the host of Truth Espresso, and I am not accompanied by my wife today. It's not because I didn't want her to join for episode 200 of Truth Espresso, but I have a special guest with me for this episode, this special episode, and that is none other than Andrew Rappaport. And if you subscribe to Truth Espresso via Truth Espresso's feed, perhaps you might not know about it. I mentioned it name a few times, but if you're probably the 90% of True Espresso listeners who listen via the Christian podcast community feed, you would know who Andrew Rappaport is, but this is the first time that I've had Andrew Rappaport as a guest on True Espresso, and I would like to figure out a way to work it out so that Andrew is not a guest every 200 episodes. But <laughs> So, Andrew Rappaport, thank you for being with us here on Truth Espresso. Yeah, I'm definitely not your wife. I thought if, if <laughs> I, I tried convincing my bride that, you know, you, you have your wife, therefore she had to come on and she just said, yeah, not happening. So uh, yeah. it, it was worth a shot. Yeah. It was worth a shot. <laughs> and I do have equipment somewhat that I could work out to have my wife with me while we have a remote guest and we haven't had a chance to try that out because, you know, kids and all, but... <laughs> They it never make noise guests. during podcasting, ever, ever. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> It would be for those guests who are willing to be up late at night, and especially for Andrew, who's on the East Coast. I know you don't get much sleep, Andrew, but that would still be pretty late at night to be using your brain cells. <laughs> uh, you'd be surprised. I actually do some podcasting. I've done interviews at pretty interesting hours. I've done, like, Filipino interviews, so at, like, 3 in the morning my time. So, yeah. I've done oh, that. Yeah. <laughs> Filipino, and you had that, uh, well, you had Apologetics Live with a, a Filipino guest, if I remember correctly. Like We had a debate, debate yes. There. Yes. Yes. <laughs> a very interesting, I, I've, you know, I have had, this is totally off topic, but I have had some very interesting debates slash discussions on Apologetics Live. Um, <laughs> you know, we, we had the one guy from India, I don't know if you heard that one, where he, um, he actually said in his argument against the law, he was he basically the conversation started because he said that Calvin was a heretic and we have to follow Luther. And he said Calvin was a heretic because he puts people under the law. And so we were going to discuss the law. But what we ended up discussing was that this guy had a very interesting view of the law. It, it was you could do anything as long as you, you do it in faith. Like you just believe in Jesus, you could do anything. And so he was, he was teaching really what we would call Gnosticism. And any, any regular listener here knows that term because you get, went through a lot of the historical heresies. And so I asked him the question that was asked in the first century with Gnosticism. Can someone who's a Christian 
sleep with a prostitute, and I just added the in faith, because that's <laughs> what he was saying. And, and he said yes, and I went, wait, wait, what? Like, let, let me repeat the question. Can a Christian sleep with a prostitute in faith and it not be a sin? And he goes, yeah. And I was <laughs> like, okay. And then he later in the show, he claimed he is the top 1% of all Christians. And I was like, pride comes before the fall. So he wants to come back in because he says, I don't really know who he really is. He is the angel that met and spoke with Daniel in the Old Testament. And he's the angel that met with John on Patmos. And I'm like, yeah, so you're not a man? He goes, no, angel just means messenger. So you're a really, really, really old man. I mean, Daniel was, you know, before Jesus, just saying. So at first I was thinking this was like a Lutheran, but I guess not. <laughs> I, I don't know. I, I, I haven't been able to make it out. Yeah. So well, again, we get really interesting discussions on that one. <laughs> yeah. So, so there's a good pitch. It sounds like something that maybe my listeners might be interested in. If you're not checking out Andrew Rappaport's uh, podcasts there, um, the rap report and especially apologetics live where you get those very interesting discussions and more. And um, so, Andrew, what I'd like to, so that our listeners get to know you a little bit, I usually ask my guests this question. Could you provide a, a brief testimony of how you became a Christian? I know you got quite the history there, but. Brief. You're asking a brief. pastor. Yeah, that's, that's what I. You're I'm... asking a pastor to be brief. <laughs> yeah. uh, I was a sinner. I repented. That's, no, um, <laughs> yeah. So well, that's as brief as it gets. <laughs> yeah, no, I, I grew up in a Jewish household, and so I knew nothing of Jesus. In fact, I was raised, and I know some of your listeners are going to be horrified at this, but this is just the way that I was raised a, a generation after the Holocaust. Uh, the Catholic Church supported Hitler and his efforts, and Jewish people don't really make a distinction between the different divisions within Christianity. It's all just Catholic. So I was raised to believe Jesus Christ is Hitler's God. Uh, Jesus Christ represented the Holocaust, the Inquisitions, the Crusades. So I had no love for Jesus, didn't want to know anything more about him. But when someone was able to reveal that to me that, I mean, I knew I was a sinner. That took no convincing. Uh, anyone knowing me when I grew up would have been able to confer that. But what wasn't known as well for me was that I needed a Savior, because I thought that my Judaism saved me. I thought that that alone would get me right with God. That's what I was taught. So because of that, when I realized I needed a Savior, then I ended up recognizing my need for Christ and bowing my knee, repenting, turning from trusting myself as a good person and, and trusting Jesus Christ for what he did on, on my behalf. Mm. And if you go back on, on my podcast on uh, Andrew Rappaport's Rap Report, that's Rap with two Ps. If you just type in Rap Report with two Ps, that will, if you go and just, I think it's personal testimony of Andrew Rappaport. I was on two different podcasts where I've done that and uh, shared that. So if people want to hear more, they could do that. Yeah. Amen. That's, I'm always interested in how, when people get converted to Christianity from other religions, especially, you know, Judaism, because it's, it's like Christianity is the fulfillment, at least historically speaking. And so when you became a Christian, did it start to be that you'd see Old Testament passages in a different light such that like, wow, this was fulfilled. This is what this means. <laughs> um, so I didn't, I mean, I, I read the Bible as far as needing to be a bar mitzvah, but oh, yeah. I, I really, 
you know, we went to synagogue, but you don't really read the Bible outside of synagogue. And so we didn't do much in that sense. And so it wasn't that I read it in a different light. It's really, I just, I read it. I read the Old Testament in light of the Old Testament and the New Testament, seeing that it's a fulfillment. And then when you, you encounter in your ministry some, like, maybe Jewish scholars who would challenge you on the interpretation of some things? I, yeah, that, that happened this weekend over lunch. So we got into a discussion. I, I don't know if you know Dr. James White, but... Yes. <laughs> so we were at a pastor's house. We're sitting down, and he had just done a debate on not really King James, but Texas Receptus, which is what the King James is based on. And we're at the pastor's house, the pastor's asking him questions. And one of the things he brought up is out of Matthew, and it's also in Mark, where Jesus says, no man knows the day or the hour, only the Father knows. And we were getting into the discussion there, and there were some other things going on that were being discussed as far as theology and the simplicity of God, things like that. And we're discussing this, and he brings up this passage, and he's making the emphasis on the word only— and so I, I said, you know, well, I, I have a little bit of a different take on that. And so Dr. White, being funny as he could be, just turns and says, okay, what heresy do you have for us? And uh, <laughs> so, so I just explained to him that, you know, hearing that passage growing up, I knew it as an idiom for marriage, that it was when a father would tell the son to go get your bride, the son doesn't know the day or the hour he's getting married, only the father knows. That's the idea of it. So you live as if every moment is that time. And so I grew up with hearing the idiom, and I read it as an idiom. Mm. And Dr. White, I guess, looked at it and was like, you know, I was expecting him to give some argument back, and he just looked and was like, well, I never heard that before. <laughs> and it, there's, it was oh, like, you know, he asked, well, how can you date? And I couldn't, I don't know the, the history. I don't know where the origin, like how far back does it date? And that's what he asked. I did try looking in the Talmud to see if I could find it there, but, you know, I, don't, I can't find the origin of it, but I remember hearing it. And the idea of it is you live expectantly. Uh, I would think it goes back to, sometime, you know, first century or beyond where this was part of the marriage, way marriages were done when they were arranged and whatnot. So, uh, but we would still hear it sometimes today. So yeah, that, we got into a, a discussion <laughs> where my background did kind of help out maybe. Oh yeah, that's cool. Cause I saw on Facebook, you mentioned that you got in there halfway on that debate and I was like, Oh, cool. Hopefully you'll get a chance to like talk with him at some point, or maybe if they have a and a uh, oh, section well, that you'll be able to do that too. Or something. Yeah. <laughs> I'll, I'll just encourage folks go back to Apologetics Live. It will be in the past for your audience, not for my audience, because Apologetics Live is, well, live, and I'll, I'll do it this week. But the one that we have with the Missionary Gamer, I will explain my conversation with the person that James White debated and... Yeah, and, and I think James admits to it because he basically ends the cross-examination and goes, I'll yield back my time. I think my opponent just revealed his case. <laughs> and, and so, yeah, Mike I had draw. a fun conversation <laughs> with him afterwards where <laughs> I thought about having him on my show, and then I went, yeah, no, no, it wouldn't, it wouldn't be profitable. <laughs> <laughs> I guess if, maybe if you talk about something other than that debate, I don't know. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, that's cool. So, you know, Andrew Rappaport is basically the big cheese, or at least one of the big cheeses, <laughs> of the Christian podcast community. And uh, I think what, what better way to celebrate the 200th episode of Truth Espresso is to celebrate 
what true espresso is a member podcast of and so i'd like to ask andrew some questions about uh how this all started how did we get to the christian podcast community so andrew really what got you started in podcasting i mean i know as a preacher the technology would eventually lead into that but you know what got you into podcasting <laughs> well what got me into podcasting is, is it's just it's another form of discipleship, and that's what we look to do. Striving Fraternity is a discipleship ministry, and so we're looking to do just that. We want to do discipleship. And so this was an avenue in which we can do discipleship a different way. And the way that we chose to do it this way is using the, the means of this technology of podcasting. We were doing things on video with YouTube, but there you have to sit at a screen with podcasting. Everyone has it on their phone sitting in their pocket. And so it becomes just another way of getting teaching done. And so what got me into podcasting was just seeing another way of being able to communicate and have that communication get around the world. We have listeners in all 50 states in the United States and in almost every country in the world. Andrew Rappaport's Rap Report is a podcast providing biblical interpretations and applications. It is a ministry of striving for eternity and part of the Christian podcast community. We provide a biblical view of cultural events, discuss how to apply God's word to the Christian life, address issues that concern the church, and we even take some time to offer a correct understanding of those commonly misinterpreted passages of scripture. You will hear from great guests like Justin Peters, Todd Friel, Jay Warren Wallace, and Gabe Hughes. Andrew has the Rap Report Daily, which is a two-minute Monday through Friday podcast, and then the longer Rap Report podcast for more content. Subscribe to both today by searching for Rap Report on any podcast app, spelled R-A-P-P, Report, or click the podcast link at strivingforeternity.org. Yeah, that's cool when you think about it. If you're thinking about like video, like YouTube or something like that, it has both audio and video, but still podcasting is its own market because if someone's commuting to work, most likely they're going to listen to a podcast. They can't watch a video. Likewise, when I'm at work in the office, I'm listening to podcasts and not watching YouTube videos. And yeah, so just because podcasting lacks a feature of a video <laughs> yeah. doesn't well, it, make it. It's, yeah, all, it's also that it's its it, own it automatically <laughs> downloads. And that's a big difference because oh, it's, yes. a, it's a subscriber model. Yeah. It is something where when someone follows Truespresso or subscribes to it for free, it's and that's why we now say follow because people think, oh, I got to pay for it. No, it's just, it's the technology is called publish, subscribe. And so when they subscribe, it downloads on whatever schedule their phone or app sets. So it's like once a day, it'll go and subscribe and get all the new episodes. And so that model becomes something where it just becomes easier. Everything, it's sitting in your pocket all the time. And that way you have it there. And that model, I think, is what becomes helpful for folks because when you're sitting and looking to just, hey, now I have it. Now I don't have to go look for it or anything like that. So it, yeah. it's just easier. Cool. Do you think the ministry Striving for Eternity has grown a lot via podcasts versus just the guest speaking in churches, producing YouTube videos? Podcasting is an integral part in a way. <laughs> it, it is because the advantage of the podcasting gives me really a weekly interaction with my audience. Both the two main ones that I do, 
the rap report and apologetics live well apologetics live i get immediate feedback because it's a live show so there have people in the audience and we can we can interact with them immediately but when we look at the you know, rap report it's, it's much like true espresso you record it you release it later in the week the month whichever and then you wait to hear emails or reviews. And so it's not as much of an immediate interaction, but it is something where there's people out there listening. And, and Daniel, you and I don't get to see the audience all the time. I mean, I, I went to the debate, as we mentioned, as soon as I walked in the building, after like a two hour drive, I wanted to you know, go to the restroom and I got stopped. The guy just stopped. He stopped and stared at me. And and it's that <laughs> time where he know he has the recognition, but he can't place it. Yeah. And he was like, he just looks at me and goes, you're someone famous. And I'm like, no, <laughs> no, wrong. And then he realized, he was like, you're Andrew Rappaport. <laughs> he, he, he realized who it was. But at first he, he could tell he knew me from somewhere, right? And then he's like, well, I listen to your podcast. We get to discuss the podcast. And so that becomes a neat experience when you go out and you travel to find out the people that are listening. The majority of people that listen to the podcast, we don't even get to meet. So unless they email us or leave us a review, we get a lot less interaction. So, so leave those reviews. Just saying. Yeah. <laughs> and I have a little uh, thing at the end of the outro and truth espresso that asks for reviews. So every episode will ask for reviews. And now, so Andrew, moving from podcasting in general, you run this thing called the Christian Podcast Community, and Truth Espresso is proudly a member of the Christian Podcast Community. So how did you think of this idea of a Christian podcast community? So can you give a little bit of uh, history sure. about that? Yeah, what, I mean, what happened there was we had a podcaster that were discipleship ministry. We were discipling people in ministry, and we had a podcaster who we had been discipling, and he was thinking he might grow that podcast into something more. And so we were working with him in that process, and he decided he wanted to be part of Striving for Eternity. He didn't want to go out from us, because the, the original deal was we'll disciple you for a year, help you get started so you don't make mistakes, and then let you go. And he said he really wants to be part of the ministry. And we had to kick that around and say, okay, how, you know, how does a podcast fit in with what we're doing? And in that process, we were discussing it and seeing that we could use podcasting as a means of discipleship. But how would we as a ministry handle, like if we have our own podcast, okay, but how does he fit in? And so we ended up developing a network. And so he ended up deciding he wanted to go off on his own, but we still had this model. And we went on his own. We had, we had differing views of how things should be done. You'll find this within Christian podcasting, but there's people that actually believe they're going to be able to get a retirement plan out of podcasting, and you won't. He thought he'd create a network where everyone would pay him and he wouldn't have to do anything but mm. sit back and collect money and podcast once a week. And I'm like, it, that, it's not going to work. So we had a different model because we're looking to disciple people, not make money. And so when he went his way, we started the Christian podcast community. And what we did different was, as you know, we don't require people that they have to be hosted with us. They could be an affiliate. We work with folks. We're charging them, you know, basically what we get charged. So we're not looking to make the money. We're looking to help people improve their podcasts. And so we wanted to create something that now has over 50 podcasts, vetted podcasts. I mean, I know we let you in. We must have been sleeping at the <laughs> wheel. but how, why. Yeah. But that it, was before it, the rules changed, right? <laughs> I, it, must have been, it must have been before your wife joined you and, and the, the 
just everything got better then. <laughs> yeah. but, well, I'll, I'll tell her that. <laughs> the, the thing, though, is that we only accept about 30, 40% of the, those that apply. So we're really picky. And so I think that actually has a lot to do with it because people know what they're listening to has been vetted. And we have a lot of different genres. I mean, we, there, there's something for everyone, right? I mean, you want to talk women's podcasts? We have ones for women. We have ones about apologetics, theology, evangelism. You know, we used to have a, a one that was dedicated to fathers, but he, he stopped podcasting. We have sermons, so we have something for, we, we even have one that they would do the old school uh, radio dramas. And so he, he does that. So we kind of have a little of everything. A little bit of everything. So with the vetting there, you're probably not going to have word of faith podcasts in the Christian podcast. No, no we, do, we don't. And you know this, we don't all agree. And that's why we have the yeah. once a month, we have a, a podcast that you've joined often called Theology Throwdown, where we talk about our differences but we're looking to do that in a way where we're showing love and charity towards one another. We know we disagree. We have Baptists, we have Presbyterians, we have a, people of different religious backgrounds, but we're not going to sit there and fight over the core issues. We're not going to have people that believe in word of faith. We're not going to have people that you know are believing in women pastors. Mm-hmm. We have a doctrinal statement that covers some of those things, but we might get people that believe gifts continue. We'll get some that believe they don't. But if they're mis, the one thing we say is if you start misrepresenting the other side, that becomes a problem, right? Yeah, because I mean, so. if someone's going to say right, the, the real issue we always use is the example because it's always one where I see it so often is the whole Calvinism Arminianism debate. I, I find that yeah. I very rarely find people that can accurately describe. I don't care if they're Calvinists or Arminians; they very rarely can properly define the other side. <laughs> Yeah, and that's not particularly one of the criteria, but you you let Matt slick into the Christian podcast community, but he's not charismatic. You know, there's a difference between continuationism and, well, I mean, not charismatic, not word of faith, you know, that kind of thing. Well, yeah, I mean, he's not word of faith. You know, you mentioned Matt, and it's interesting because Matt and I have debated each other more than we've debated anybody else. Matt and I have had more formal debates and so we disagree on a whole slew of topics. We've debated baptism, mode of baptism, infant baptism. Matt and I have debated charismatic gifts, covenant theology versus dispensational theology. And we've done these multiple times. So, yeah, and, and Matt would still be, you know, was allowed into the community. So um, I know I think you kind of answered this in a way, but really what's the difference between how the Christian podcast community is versus a podcast network? Because I know people might ask about joining the Christian podcast community. So how is it different from your typical podcast network in the structure of it and so on? (laughs) Well, that's a really good question because most people don't understand that difference. And so I view the difference of a network and a community the way we would see the difference between a publisher and a platform. So if you think of a publisher, a book publisher, when I had my book that was edited by a publisher, they chose my wording. I mean, even for things I've been saying a certain way for 30 years, they decided, no, you can't say it that way. And so they changed a quote of mine, and I fought them. But when you go to a publisher, they own it. They have the rights. Mm -hmm. And even though it's your words, 
they have the right to modify it. You sign that away. Yes. And hence the reason all my other books are self-published. Yeah. I'd say I could relate to that. My first book was traditional published, you know, sign the contract and stuff. And then next book, self-published. So, yeah. 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 And so, but a platform, think of like a radio station. It's just providing the means of getting the music, the podcast or the talk show, whatever out there. And so because of that, it's a different thing. In a network, you are partnering up with everybody else in there. And so if you disagree or your audience doesn't like someone else that's on there, that's a problem. But you don't do that with a radio station. And so because of that, one of the things, you're not required to play ads for any of the other podcasts. If you don't like the rap report, that's okay. I mean, I question if you're going to go to heaven or anything if you don't like him. But that's (laughs) no. I mean... I'm not saying you have to listen to go to heaven, but I mean, just why take the chance, (laughs) right? Um, No, it's second opinions, you know, (laughs) and all that. (laughs) Yeah, second opinions, three, five. Um, So what you end up seeing is we don't force that on people because we're trying to say, let's be a community that works together and we work with who we can align with. And if we can't align with folks, then we just don't. And it's not a big deal. And that way we don't have some of that. And we're working to say in the network, for example, we had a podcast who was on the other network and they wanted to have their own website and they weren't allowed. We don't care. Have your own website. Host it yourself. We're going to work with people so that their message that they're delivering gets out there. And so that's what makes it a little different. We see ourselves more of a platform and not a publisher. Ding dong! Jehovah's Witnesses. Ding dong! Mormons. Christian, are you ready to defend the faith when false religions ring your doorbell? Do you know what your Muslim and Jewish friends believe? You will if you get Andrew Rappaport's book, What Do They Believe? When we witness to people, we need to present the truth, but it is very wise to know what they believe, and you will get Andrew Rappaport's book at whatdotheybelieve.com. Definitely. That's one of the things I do like about the Christian podcast community. Now, I know I'm not, I don't think of myself as like unorthodox or heteroorthodox or something we like do. that, but we do. Yeah, we, yeah, we, we, we sit I'm and go, barely yeah. in here by the skin of my teeth, you know, but I mean, what I'm saying is I, I enjoy the fact that, yeah, I really like how you vet podcasts for the Christian podcast community. So I'm thankful that we have that, that phone call and the panel there and answering questions, just like, uh, you know, kind of becoming a church member and, or serving in a church ministry, there should be a vetting process and, so I also appreciate that all the fellow podcasts in the community now, yeah, as you said, we're not going to agree with every little detail, but I know they're all vetted. They're all a bunch of good guys and gals. And I know that they're not going to be promoting like word of faith or, you know, having conferences teaming up with like Mormons or Jehovah's Witnesses. Well, they don't do conferences with other people, but you know, (laughs) I know they're all good people. And so I could feel like I'm part of a team of podcasters who proclaim the word. (laughs) Well, and that's what we want with it. That's the whole goal of it is so that we can work together. 
And that's the plan. Definitely. And, and there's also that bit of freedom there for kind of being independent, but being with a group that, you know, is different from being in a, in a network there. And yeah. so I've had to have switched um, podcast hosts and also entertain sometime eventually maybe um, having the CPC host Truth Espresso. Yeah, we'll see if you could pull me away from Captivate or... <laughs> <laughs> Which well, is the yeah? That's the hosting provider for Truth Espresso, but that's you said that's the difference between being hosted by CPC and being an affiliate. We're all part of the community, but the CPC will host some podcasts, like actual host the audio file. Whereas if you're a podcast and you want to join the Christian podcast community, you don't have to switch uh, your provider. Not if you don't want to. No. Yeah, not we, if don't, you don't, we don't require it. So, Andrew, what advice would you have for Truth Espresso listeners? Maybe after 200 episodes of Truth Espresso, you might be thinking, you know, I might want to try this. I don't know why Truth Espresso would make you want to get into podcasting. Oh, no, but... I can see why. I can, so so I, think, I think Truth Espresso yeah. listeners listen to you and go, if he could do it, I could do it. You know, uh, yeah, <laughs> like mostly like, what is this? I think I could do better than this. You know, let me take my hand. <laughs> well, they they yeah. thought that until you, your wife joined you, and and then yeah. they, then they had second thoughts. That's what it comes down oh, yeah. to. Yeah, definitely. My, my wife tames me as I tell other people. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Well, you you keep her busy with all the children you have, so. Yeah. Oh, yeah. So <laughs> when you listen to those episodes of Truth Espresso, where Chelsea and I, most of them, most of the episodes are the both of us, we're recording at like often 11 p.m. And so, yeah. <laughs> so what kind of advice would you have for Truth Espresso listeners who may want to start a podcast? Like what resources and maybe even thinking about the Christian podcast community, but like how do you start a podcast and you know, especially for Christians wanting to do podcasting. Yeah. Well, let me let me start with the the resource. That, I mean, a resource that we created specifically for the Christian podcast community is a podcast called "So You Want to Be a Podcaster," where we recorded and went through everything you kind of need to do to have a podcast. And so that's a good resource to have, and it walks you through step by step. So it's a good place to start because there's several episodes we've already done there. Several we plan to do in the future. We'll pick that up again. And it's there for people to listen to, and we won't have enough time to go into all of it. But the big thing is, if you want to start a podcast, know what you want to do. A lot of people just, they start a podcast, they want to talk. Yeah. Then that one's better than the people that just want to, they want an audience. They don't know what that audience should be. They just want people to listen to them. And podcasting is not easy. Yeah. There's people that struggle in podcasting. It's a lot of work. So if you don't have a real clear goal while you're doing it, you can lose your way very quickly. And so the first thing I tell people is have a goal in mind, have an audience in mind. Who is it you want to reach? You want to reach a scholar? You want to reach men? You want to reach women? You, you want to reach unbelievers? You, you know, who is it that you are trying to reach out to? And then know what you're going to talk about. Make sure it's going to be something that there's enough information on. Unless you say, hey, I'm just going to do, we have one of our podcasts, Bitcoin and the Bible. They did three seasons, and they're done. They're like, we think we covered everything we needed to cover. And it walks you through a biblical view of money. They wanted to cover that. They wanted to cover how Bitcoin works and how to set it up and things like that. And if they have more that they want to do in the future, they'll pick it up again. 
but they just covered what they wanted to cover, done. You could do that, but you have to know what your goal is. Let me tell you what won't be a goal, especially in Christian podcasting. You're not going to make a living off it. You're not going to get Joe Rogan's million-dollar contract, okay? Just get that out of your mind. And there's a lot of people, because of that, they're going, man, I just, I'm struggling. I'm podcasting for a year. I've done X number of episodes, and I'm only getting 50 people listening. And the question I always ask people is, if you went to church every Sunday, you taught Sunday school, and you had 50 people in your class, would that excite you? And people are always like, well, yeah, that's what you're doing in podcasting. The only difference is you're not seeing their faces. I remember you mentioning that like on social media, and it really did make me think because I'm thinking that I could use a few more listeners, but I teach Sunday school years ago before COVID kind of changed and rearranged structures, but I used to teach adult Sunday school regularly and maybe at best we'd have 20 people in their class and then sometimes there'd just be a handful, but I enjoy doing that and I would probably get nervous once we start to break 50 people in one room, but... (laughs) Yeah, it is something where if if people were to... I mean, if they were to sit back and think about it and go, would this excite me to have this many people to chat with every week? And the reality is, it is what you put into it. There are ways to pour yourself into this so that you have more audience interaction. And the more you do that, the more you get to know your audience, the more you find out how you're doing. Let me give you a quick testimony. I happen to be, this is one of these God's providence type of things, but I was going to see my son-in-law's brother. And someone during our Apologetics live show said, hey, I see you're going to, and mentions his name. And I'm like, how do you know him? Well, they go to the same church. He's like, hey, I'd love to be able to get together with you when you're out visiting him. Okay. So we went out and had breakfast. What I didn't know was the reason he started listening to Apologetics Live was because of the fact that he had a brother who was in a cult. They grew up in a Christian, going to church, and his brother got into a cult, and he was trying to get his brother out of it, and he wanted to learn how to defend the faith to get his brother out of this cult, only to discover Apologetics Live. In discovering Apologetics Live and asking us questions, he discovered he wasn't saved. And he got saved through listening to Apologetics Live. Then, instead of trying to convince his brother how wrong the cult is, he explains to his brother the gospel. <laughs> his brother's now saved. Wow. And so to be able to sit there and have stories, that to, to have that discussion over breakfast, that's one of those things that had I never got into podcasting, would never have had that happen. And so when you say, well, why would I get into podcasting? Stories like that, to have things like that happen. But you're not going to have those stories if you don't engage and interact with your audience. That's something you need to do. Definitely, Andrew. And and you mentioned, do you want to be a podcaster? That's what it's called, the yeah. podcast. So you, so you want to be a podcaster. So you want to be a podcaster. And I will say that was instrumental in Truth Espresso getting started. Now, I had thought, I want to start a podcast. I had tried earlier, you know, years ago, did a few episodes, experienced pod fade. I didn't really know what I was doing. But at some point, I was thinking, I really want to start a podcast. But 
is it really the time? Am I really ready for it? And then I started listening to So You Wanted to Be a Podcaster with you and Colleen Sharp. And so I was listening to the first several episodes as you were releasing them. And with each one, I keep thinking, you know, I really should just get into it. And one of the most important aspects of podcasting for success is commitment. As you know, Andrew, like whether you pick releasing an episode once a month or once a week or every day, as you've done before, the key is consistency and commitment and pick some kind of schedule that you could work with, but stick to it. And, you know, I'll say that as you're listening to every Monday, Truthspresso releases a new episode. It's not always easy to get out an episode, but my wife and I will be ready to record. Sometimes it feels like we're doing it on a whim with a few notes and it's like, are we really ready to do this? But we got to get that episode out, <laughs> remain consistent. So yeah, that's our advice. If you want to start a podcast, consistency and commitment are really the most important things to maintain a podcast. They are very important. And, you know, we have a podcast that discovered that there's a podcast we had that would record whenever they got around to it. And I took one of the hosts to a conference with me and he ran into so many people that were like, oh, I listen to your podcast. And he didn't realize how many people were actually listening because he didn't see them until he was at this pastor's conference. And all these people are coming up to him and he really realized, hey, we need to be more consistent. And his show grew because of that. Yeah, I haven't met those people yet, but if I start traveling around going to conferences, maybe you're not that'll going to probably make my day have someone recognize me. Aren't you that Daniel Minnick guy who does that True Espresso podcast? I listen to it. You know, I'll see those people at church, but <laughs> yeah, eventually I'll, I might see that one person who happens to listen to True Espresso that I've never met. And then no, I'll we be met like, before. You and I met. There's the one person. So, okay, two people. <laughs> Unless Justin Peters listens to True Espresso. <laughs> hey, you never know. Yeah, you never know. Yeah, because I got to, for our audience, I got to meet Andrew and Justin Peters at the Clouds Without Water conference about a year ago when they came mm -hmm. to Colorado. So that was cool, meeting fellow members of the Christian podcast community, especially someone like Andrew Rappaport and Justin Peters, who have full-orbed ministries traveling around speaking. And I had listened to Justin Peters' conferences before, so getting to be there in person and listen to talk about Word of Faith people, that was pretty cool. Yeah, that was a fun conference. The Christian Podcast Community is a cohesive group of like-minded Christian podcasters proclaiming the truths of Christ, truths of Christ with expertise and passion in the areas of theology, church history, Christian living, evangelism, apologetics, parenting, homeschooling, sermons, and much, much more. Much, much more. So check us out at christianpodcastcommunity.org. christianpodcastcommunity.org. One stop for all your favorite Christian podcasts.
So, Andrew, what are some pitfalls? We gave some advice for Christians who might want to get into podcasting, but what are some pitfalls for the Christian life that Christian podcasters might face? Could podcasting possibly end up being a negative for some Christians if they're not careful? <laughs> yeah, it could. Podcasting is, is like anything else. It takes discipline. But when people start podcasting, this is one of the things, when you're in a church, nobody is asked when they first get saved, hey, you want to be, go up to the pulpit and preach? Right? <laughs> that gets vetted. No one's given a Sunday school right away. So you have a leadership that looks and evaluates and makes that kind of decision. Now, you've probably been in churches like me where someone decides on their own that they really are the best teacher in the church, and they just find a way to start teaching on their own. Podcasting can be that because there's there's no vetting. It's one of the reasons we, we ask people if their pastor knows they're doing this because we've known of people that podcast and their pastor would be like, I would never have approved that <laughs> because some people, they're not ready to teach. It can go to someone's head. Paul said that pride can puff us up. Having a, a lot of knowledge without humility can be problematic. So yeah, there could be things where it could be a downfall. And so one thing I would say is if someone is considering getting into podcasting, talk to your pastors about it. Sit down with them and say, hey, this is what I'm thinking. This is my goal. This is the mission I plan to do. This is who I think my audience will be. This is what I want to teach on. What do you guys think? And do it under the headship of your church. Now, if someone's like, well, I'm never going to talk to my pastors. Like, I'm just doing this on my own. Maybe there's a reason you're trying to do this on your own. And you know that the pastors wouldn't be in agreement with you doing it, which should cause you concern, oh, yeah. you know, if that's the case. Yeah, definitely good advice there, because Christians should not be like one-man ministries, getting into podcasting like a lay person, just starts a podcast, no accountability. You mentioned the, you know, we vet in the Christian podcast community, but you don't have to actually be a member of there to be a Christian podcaster. So people can go out on their own. And I've heard of people doing the, I'm an internet evangelist. Have <laughs> you heard that term before? Oh, like, That's yes. my ministry. You know, I stomping out the heretics on Facebook or something like, hey, that's that can be a good thing if done right. But that's not your ministry. You should be a member of a local church and have that accountability under, as you mentioned, under the headship of a pastor. I know that uh, my pastor, Castleview Baptist Church, listens to Truth Espresso, maybe not every episode, but he's listened to some. We'll talk about some of the episodes there and I let him know hey, you know, if I teach something there on Truth Espresso that raises some red flags, please talk to me about it and I will stop the podcast if I realize that I'm in error there and you make the case there because I don't want to be an internet evangelist. Every podcaster, every Christian who wants to get into podcasting that may be an avenue of ministry, but it doesn't define you as a, a minister. There is no office of podcaster. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And you're mentioning the other area. We see this a lot is in evangelism because 
hey, everyone can evangelize. So people start evangelizing. You end up seeing, you know, unfortunately where people will do it, as you know, I do a lot of open air evangelism. And people get up on a street corner and they're answering questions and people are challenging them and they're doing good in debating theology or things like that. And they start to think like that they're a pastor. They start to think that they're something special. And then, you know, we end up having different problems that we end up seeing. So, yeah, it's something where it should be done cautiously. And I would say be done with the knowledge of those who have charge over you being your pastors. Yes, definitely. Beware of the pitfalls. It's an exciting thing. It's a good thing. You know, as the Bible says, if any man desires the office of a bishop or overseer, here's the criteria and so on. If anyone desires not the office, but any kind of ministry of being a podcaster, it's a it's a good thing, but you need to make sure that you are doing it for the right reasons yep. and um, don't sacrifice assembling yourselves together in a good local church. You don't replace the local church with a podcast. <laughs> That's right. So, Andrew, I guess to start to wrap up, I mean, I can make puns out of your name. You know, you have the rap well, It report, is the rap but... report, and, and <laughs> yes. we, I guess I, we accidentally stumbled upon the way we end the show by saying that's a rap. But, <laughs> yeah. Okay, so, yeah, as, as we like to wrap up this episode, do you have any final words, some words of advice, some things to promote? Because I'd like to include links to uh, resources in this episode. Well, I would say that, I mean, folks could go to christianpodcastcommunity.org and check out all the shows that are there, find ones you like and, and follow them, listen to them. That would be the first. I mean, check out Striving for Eternity and see the things we offer. We have an academy there that you can take classes for free on YouTube. We come to churches and do seminars. So there's books that we produce. So there are a lot of things that we have out there that you could get behind and check out and listen and learn. And so that would be some things that the audience could do. I would say listen to episodes of Truespresso and share them. Amen. That's, that's, <laughs> that's the best way. If, I mean, if you're learning things from this these episodes and you're getting something out of it, there's 200 episodes, which means most people die out after like seven or eight. So Daniel has kept with it. But if there's something you're listening to, especially if you listen to all 200 as I have, then what you want to do then is start sharing it with folks. Find an episode you like, share it. Cool. Thank you for that promotion there, Andrew. And thank you for celebrating and being a guest on Truthspresso for this special 200th episode of Truthspresso. And long live Truthspresso. May there be 200 more <laughs> after that. And definitely want to encourage you to check out Andrew Rappaport, Striving for Eternity, and ChristianPodcastCommunity.org and check out The Rap Report. Check out Apologetics Live. There's no boring episode there. <laughs> and so thank you so much, Andrew, for joining me in this episode. And well, thanks for having me. Thank you, and God bless. Thank you for waking up with Truth Espresso. Good morning, and God bless your day. Hey friends, Daniel Minnick here again. If you liked waking up to this episode of Truth Espresso, I would really appreciate it if you would rate it on Apple Podcasts, Stitcher, or whatever application you use to listen to Truth Espresso.